Recorded on December 1st, 2021. Episode 2, Omicron? More like, oh, come on. Welcome to the Push Ahead podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the Build Back Better plan, the new COVID-19 variant, and the end of the eviction moratorium. First off, we have the elephant in the room. A lot of gossip this week. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, announcements. I guess not much happened over Thanksgiving, and then they made up for it, come, came back with a bunch of stuff. There's a local news story, local mm-hmm. to us, about masking special needs children and the people who exploit them. <sighs> yeah. I just, I, I can't. I had a little bit of an inside knowledge to that and how that developed. Oh. There was a parent, a step-parent, who, by the way, doesn't have custodial mm-hmm. rights of the child, who... So there were like two things happening simultaneously. There was a Down syndrome child in a classroom who didn't have a medical opt-out. The teacher, the, the student was dropping her mask. The teacher affixed the mask like, like the Down syndrome foundation actually recommends that you do. Because right. um, Down syndrome kids tend to wear masks even before COVID, just because they have such susceptibility to diseases. And um, so she was affixing the mask. And, and by all accounts, the student was very upset whenever she didn't have her mask on. Short story, very long. The parent saw the, the student wearing the mask, and, and the parent happens to be virulently anti-masks regardless. It's all over his social media. And uh, he decided it was child abuse that his daughter's mask was tied to her head, and as he described it with a nylon rope. And let's just stop there for a second, because like, I don't know about y'all, but I find that super offensive for people whose ancestors literally had ropes tied around their neck. You know, is that little nylon like a shoestring? Holding yeah. it together like a surgical mask. By the time he talked to the school, they had a met. They met with the parents and they said, "Oh, no problem. We didn't know that you didn't want a mask because you didn't have a medical opt out. We can fix this." They adjusted her IEP so that she didn't have a mask, and everybody uh, from all reports was content. Mm-hmm. Somebody somewhere got a hold of these people and said, "No, you're not content." Oh no! And uh, he tried to contact his school board member. Called her once. Didn't leave a voicemail. Didn't leave a text. Didn't do a follow up. She. Got a number she didn't recognize. We were just talking about this tonight. She didn't call back. And it was really all, I believe, a setup by my favorite Our favorite people. Yeah. And and State Representative Randy Fine to to set up the school board member and accuse her of child abuse. Yes, yes. Uh, You know, Randy Fine, a part-time government employee, full-time Facebook troll. Yeah, I like that. That's a perfect description. Yes. And uh, yes, Moms for Liberty, the modern day replacement for the Daughters of the Confederacy. <laughs> well, they, I don't even know. I know the founder, by the way, is not from the South, but still, I get the concept of Daughters of the Confederacy yeah, protecting their historical, yes, their heritage. It's yeah. a, it's a way to rally conservative housewives and moms into conservative causes. And I, I would tell you, I, I don't. We've talked about this last time. I don't think the members. Are necessarily all those things, right? I they think just that they have a lot of emotion. Um, their guy didn't win the last presidential race, and they have a lot of emotion. And this just gives them a place to channel it. It's kind of like rugby, <laughs> rugby for suburban housewives, yes. right? You can get mad, and you can beat people up here, and you could. And I just think that they're really even unaware. It's a train that's gotten now. The founders, I hold completely responsible for everything you described. Right. Well, they then told this man he wasn't happy, and he. Uh, he filed a lawsuit, or he didn't file a lawsuit. He filed criminal charges, 
And the Indian Harbor Police Department, this is part of the gossip, said, you know, nothing here. Nothing to see here, folks. Move right. along. Meanwhile, he's raised currently, last time I checked, over $107,000 to pay for the legal fees. Oh, something he, good golly. Oh, you didn't know that part. No. $107,000. $107,000 through a Christian crowdsourcing. You're, you're telling me wow. that someone used a conservative cause to swindle donated Can donations you out of- Through a Christian crowdsourcing. Like oh, the my. Whole, yeah. Wow. Shocking. What a surprise. It's almost like, uh, you know, the other guy who wanted to defend the January 6th insurrectionists and didn't pay a dime. Yeah. So we don't know. His description in this crowdsourcing was that every penny can be accounted for. I don't know where anybody's going to find those accounting. Um, and we can't see who the donors are. I'm guessing <coughs> Randy finds one of them. Um, I have personally already filed a complaint with the Secretary of Agriculture because, you know, she's responsible for fraudulent fundraising mm. and uh, things. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, he's he hasn't changed. It hasn't. You know, if you'd gone through a regular crowdsourcing, they would have canceled it and made the money right. go back. But no, no, it's still out there. Yeah. Right. Yep. Doubling down on it, actually, saying absolutely this, the, fa- the Indian Harbor Police Department is wrong. It is child abuse. So not only is Randy Fine a Facebook troll, he is apparently now An expert on on child abuse and law enforcement. So really is extraordinary. So professed anti-cop, Randy (laughs) Fox. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like that. Anti-police. Anti-police. Because if Indian Harbor police are wrong, then that's not supporting your local police officers. Yeah, that is. He is definitely punching against the thin blue line there. Well, also, the Department of Children and Family Services, DCF, already investigated this and also said there was no, no signs of child abuse. So I've been holding on to this like for a while, but they also said there's no So Randy is apparently the expert in child abuse yes. and law enforcement better than anybody that actually does those things for a living. Yeah. I, well, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, he was an expert in epidemiology. And then a couple of weeks after that, he was an expert in, uh, you know, legal theory, advanced legal theory. Well, and when this all started, he kept referring to the student's father as Dr. Steele, you know, definitely making that point very clear. He's mm. Dr. Steele. He's a medical expert. He's actually a PhD in theology. Ooh. Yeah. He was a priest and he okay. now works for um, a healthcare company here locally. Oh. Okay. Okay. But because he has the doctorate in theology, but yeah. he's working for a medical, it's one of those. He's working for VITAS. I think he was actually as a, uh, maybe a um... hospice. Yeah, I think maybe. But yeah. I know he works for them. So he's a thoughts and prayers doctor. Yes. Correct. Yes. All right. Sounds so, like another quack doctor we're about to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, Mr. Dr. Steele here. <laughs> it's just really sad. Like yeah. you said, Jamie, in our notes here, it's a sad, sad story it is. in every single level. And the person I think comes out the least helped is Sophia. Yes. Yes. Who just really, from everybody I know with special needs, really liked her classmates in school. I actually... I have a family member that teaches in that school. Very happy. She was very happy in her class. And she's not there anymore because that doesn't serve the narrative. So she's yeah. been pulled out into a private school. Oh, you know, we just have, no good. We have a special needs child in, you know, in the school district here. And he absolutely loves it in his classroom. Um, if he's away from class for an extended period of time, he gets he gets grumpy. Yeah. This kid would rather go to class than Disney. Yes. <laughs> It, it has happened. Yes. Right. All right. So moving on, uh, speaking of uh, raising money and then swindling it away, 
Uh, supporters of a president who wasted literally millions of dollars of taxpayer former money. president former yeah <laughs> <laughs> former yes yes uh, wasted millions of dollars of taxpayer money literally the question isn't if it's millions it's is it sixty million is it seventy is it forty five million but just an exorbitant amount of money to play golf at least one day out of every four days a week on his private properties on his private yes. properties so uh, supporters of that guy are angry at our vice president <laughs> for spending some of her own money on kitchen supplies. I, I wonder if they are projecting something, you know, um, to deflect away from some sort of a victory. I don't know, maybe, um, you know, Biden uh, untangling the supply chain. Getting... And- Bipartisan support for tr- for an infrastructure bill. Yeah. yeah Just know. passing some stuff that actually helps our veterans yeah. and families. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I mean, all of those political wins uh, negated by a trip to the kitchen store. Yes, because having a $400 pot is elitist. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I read that and I thought, I mean, I don't spend $400 on a pot, but that's not that uncommon for a nice... Yeah. Cookware. Cry it's what, once, cry once. It's what Jamie wants in uh, his kitchen. So it's, it's <laughs> not. It's not actually La Crusade. Um, oh. uh, La Crusade is that that French brand of of enameled cast iron that you've seen thrown around. Now, in my experience, I buy similar stuff, but Tramatino, and it's like a tenth of the price, but it only lasts about ten years. So you buy something and you have it for the rest of your life. You know, you hand it down to the kids. Right. Four hundred dollars. I mean. That's a lot of money for people that I, I get that, yeah. but it certainly doesn't compare to the millions and millions yeah. that we spent that also, we spent providing somebody's golf golf habits. Yes, yes, and um, this is the that? dude that has golden toilets as well, golden mm-hmm. toilets, yeah, yep. pots and pans. <laughs> yep, yep. Which one's more elitism? Right. <laughs> Self portraits. Yes, you know this isn't in our notes, but I just remembered it because we're talking about Thanksgiving and gossip, and we were talking about Randy Fine for a moment. So coming back home to talk a little bit more about Randy Fine. Thanksgiving, this man drove through his district, which is, well, his district is in the southern part of the county. We know he lives a little bit out of it, a little bit north of that. Mm-hmm. But drove past, I mean, he has, his district has immense economical need. If you're listening to this and you live in State House 53, you know what I'm talking about. Immense, yeah. immense need, especially after COVID. And he drove from there, to Suntry to do to to promote a giveaway. Mm. This is the food they were giving away. Well, actually, it wasn't it was the day before Thanksgiving. The first thousand people got this food in Suntry, where there is this is sarcasm. Mm-hmm. So much need. <laughs> yes. First come, first serve. Two jars of peanut butter, two bags of rice, two bags of walnuts, two cans of peas, two cans of sweet corn. And one can of green beans. Mm. The first 75 of those thousand people who registered online and arrived also got a free turkey. Oh, boy. That, that is the weirdest Thanksgiving meal I've ever heard. It's, it's uncanny. Yeah. Ah, but I'm saying. <laughs> so maybe he can cook it in Kamala's cookware. Mm. I don't know. But they're this obsessed over her spending $400 on cookware, and they think that that's an appropriate giveaway in Suntry while driving past areas of tremendous sleep. His his constituents couldn't even get to Suntry without right. a bus. Right. Some of them that live down there and have that kind of need. Yep. <sighs> I, I mean, it is, it's, it's political theater. Exactly. 
Yep. And uh, the final bit of gossip that actually matters. So normally gossip doesn't, but it's hat in the ring time. People are announcing that they are running for spots. <laughs> Two notable names. Stacey Abrams announced that she is running for Georgia governor. Woohoo. Wow. I miss that. I love Stacey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I met her in 2005. I had dinner with her when she was just a lawyer who was starting to write romance novels. Yeah. <laughs> She's great. She's. Uh, I didn't even know that that was a thing. I'm so excited. Yep. She just announced about two and a half hours ago. Oh, that's why I missed it. Yes. <laughs> yep. yep. And flip side, Dr. Oz. This yeah. is the doctor I was referring yeah, to. Yeah. So, so Dr. Oz, who was n- maybe best known for selling non-cures, you know, yeah. via, you know, TV, uh, had a line of uh, diet pills that he was called in front of the Senate for testify about. And then later he settled in a I believe it was like a five million dollar class action suit. So uh, he is um, just about as trustworthy as any other Republican Senate candidate is throwing his hat in, ring, in the ring in um, in Pennsylvania. So I guess he got a taste of the Senate from one side of the table and he wants in. So. First off, disclaimer, we're not doctors. This isn't medical advice. Please listen to real scientists and not just your uncle on Facebook. I am somebody's uncle on Facebook. You probably shouldn't listen to me. But the newest flavor of COVID-19 was announced last week, and this newest taste appears to spread even faster than Delta. Keep in mind, Delta was uh, seven times more virulent than uh, COVID classic. Uh, We don't know much of anything about this new variant. It it was found last week. It is not the South African variant. It wasn't, it didn't originate there. South Africa has a history of very advanced, um, very intense disease screening and disease control measures. Uh, they have been dealing with the AIDS epidemic. They have been dealing with um, other diseases. Uh, you know, I, I believe like mosquito-borne diseases and all that all that fun stuff that comes with being a country in Africa, uh, but a very, very mature uh, virus screening you know, apparatus. So they were the first one to find this, and it has since then popped up in uh, Canada, uh, you know, other countries. We just had our first today yep. in California. And here, yay! And here, which means that we can safely assume that even though it was found in South Africa, it was probably here a week or two ago. So... There are so many unknowns. Uh, as of right now, we are recording on a Wednesday. I believe it was announced last Thursday or Friday. So it's less than a week into it. All of the tests take about two weeks. So anybody who claims to have definitive answers about if the symptoms are more or less severe, if the hospitalizations and death rates are higher than any others, the knock on hospitalizations, they don't happen until three or four weeks until after infection. Pfizer and Moderna have recently undergone antibody screenings. That's going to take about two weeks. So everyone who's saying whether or not the uh, vaccine is more or less effective, that's all hearsay and anecdotes until we get some actual science in. We'll know in about a week and a half. I do know, though, I have nothing to do with Omicron specifically, but I know that up in upstate New York, for example, their cases are spiking as expected as people are going indoors. It's already snowing there. My gosh, can you imagine? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very, very low vaccination rate. Right. Rural New York. Right. And they have repeatedly said the best thing we could do for Omicron, just like everything else, is Vaccinate. get vaccinated. Right. And I always say, you know, there are people I know that literally cannot be vaccinated. Right. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, why not all the rest of us just take one for the team? I mean, get vaccinated for our friends. Yeah. Right now, as of Saturday, two out of our three children are vaccinated fully. Unfortunately, the other one is under two. So, you know, it's still the waiting game for him. Well, mine are vaccinated. Of course, they're 35 and 36. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. And then better news, some good news about the COVID. New York has gone three days without a death and they have a 90 percent vaccination rate. Funny how that works. Yes. You keep saying that vaccinations don't work. Today, I saw Space Coast Young Republicans had posted an article claiming that the states that have mask mandates are showing higher percentages of COVID than Florida. I'm like, it just ain't true, dude. Like, no. And they do also say that the way that Florida reports numbers mm-hmm. is fraudulent because it's fake. Because Very. we only report numbers of residents in Florida where most snowbirds aren't here as necessarily residents or not even snowbirds, but they may just be here for four months of the mm-hmm. year, get COVID, get sick and die, but their death counts in Ohio. Um, right, not Florida, and and even the math that they that they play with is is a little bit fraudulent because by switching from suspected COVID from general like this was a COVID death, they switch to it has to be a confirmed COVID death, and those deaths take longer to confirm. So even though the numbers go, a death might not be reported for two weeks, which means if you look at today's numbers or this week's numbers. By the time you see them, yeah. Yeah. And and by the time that they show up, it's two weeks ago. And we don't care about two weeks ago. That's in the past. Yep. Keep in mind, we are almost coming up on, I I guess I want to call it DeSantis's death anniversary because he won by, I believe, what, like 32, 33,000 votes? votes. And we are at like 61, 62,000 deaths. So it is almost double his margin. It is to the point now that he may be letting his margin die away, literally. Literally. I don't even get it. I mean, it's not even smart. Yes. I, I mean... Political strategists are saying that if he loses the governorship, if he loses the governor's race, he's not going to have any chance to run for president in 2024 because they're not going to put a loser up. So the best way to prevent, you know, President DeSantis is to prevent Governor DeSantis. Mm 2.0. We could do that. Yes. That's the hope. Yes. We can do hard things. Yes. We have done it. We just need to, what, button up our bootstraps or go buy our bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> so, we need to all pull together. Yes. Yeah. We so, need we need 2020 to happen again in 2022. Yes. That will be very tough mm-hmm. because it, it, we're not going to have a figurehead to vote against. And so we really need to get some, some political wins that actually help people yes. through the House and the Senate. And we've got them happening mm-hmm. slowly. Yes. Yeah. The, do you think build back better? Yes, that needs to pass because the question we need to campaign on is, are you better off than you were four years ago? And for some people, the answer right now is yes. Some people, no. You know, life hasn't gotten better because change hasn't come fast enough. And that's true. And, you know, with the people from very far left districts can safely say in Congress, you know, this isn't enough for me and my, well, that's great. But people like the rest of us are suffering because they're not seeing any results from what's happening. We need to keep, you know, perfect from being the enemy of the good. Yeah. Yes. So. So yes, build back better. Hmm? It is a huge social spending bill, but it is paid for, Mm -hmm. paid for. 
by closing tax loopholes and taxing the top 1%. Because you know what? I'm sick and tired of paying more in taxes Yes. than Jeff Bezos. I am I am tired of subsidizing Jeff Bezos' trip to Well, space. I would say it's not actually even taxing the top 1%. It's taxing the top percentage of the wealth they earn mm-hmm. in a given year. Yes. So and their wealth actually creates wealth. So yes. it's actually not even taxing anything that they've actually earned mm-hmm. other than to, by having their money sit around making money. Yep. Um yes. And and honestly a lot of very wealthy people are totally on board with the idea of, of taxing the wealthy more. Yes. We just aren't hearing from them. Yeah. I, I mean I guess we can go into a little bit of economic theory there. So that way we can have talking points. So marginal tax rate, say you have a tax rate at of, you know, 50% on the highest bracket and the highest bracket starts at $100. And let's say that the lowest tax bracket is free up until $100. You don't pay any taxes. And if you increase the highest tax bracket above $100 to 50% to cover all of your taxes, then if you make $15, you get to keep $15. If you make $99, you get to keep $99. If you make $200, you get to keep $150. We aren't talking about increasing tax rates on the middle classes, the, the lowest tax brackets, like uh, the Trump tax plan is about to. So, yes, Trump, yes as part of that, that tax mm-hmm. bill, he, our taxes increased. Yes, he deep. So he temporarily decreased the tax rates on the lower tax brackets and the middle tax brackets. And those are going to start rising in the near future, while the tax rates on the super wealthy are locked in forever until Congress gets in and changes right. it. Right. So, yes. Yay for having to pay more taxes next year. You know, I'm just, I remember the first time I heard about fair tax. I thought that sounded fair. And I'm a progressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Democrat. But I really, and I think there's probably a lot of people listening that might think the same thing. This is a flat tax across the board mm. is more fair. So if I could just take a second to bend everybody's brain, I know y'all get it. And most of our listeners might as well. But the idea of a flat tax, if I make, well, looking here, I think. Uh, well, Herman Cain was the income. 999. In Florida, in Brevard County, let's say the extremely low income limits is $14,550 um, a year. <laughs> so, and if I'm making $14,550 and I'm paying a flat tax of 5%, 5% of four, or even if I said 38000 which is a low income, so $38,000 and 5% of that, well, let's make it easy for my math. 40,000, 5% of that's going to be $8,000. I mean, $2,000. That's a that's being taxed on everyday expenses yes. as opposed to the very wealthy if they're being taxed 5%. It's a huge dollar amount, mm-hmm. but it's money that's another yacht. Yes. yes. As opposed to diapers. Yeah. For your yes. Kids. So a flat tax is really one of the most regressive taxes we can have because it does force the poor, working poor, and the middle class to use their to be taxed more on their everyday expenses right. than the wealthy. Yes, yes, yes. absolutely. You take thirty three cents out of a poor person's paycheck, and they're going to feel it more than taking three hundred and thirty dollars out of a rich person's yep. paycheck. Yeah, um, my personal tax uh, code is: I will, I am fine paying more taxes than someone that makes less than me, but I am not fine with the rich paying less taxes than I do. Right. Or less taxes than people that make less than we do. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's, and can we also talk a little bit about job creators? Oh, so God. you talked about uh, wealth 
that reinvests and earns money. So there's two kinds of wealth. Uh, there's wealth that actually creates jobs. I go and I buy a pizza, and that money flows into the pizza shop, and it pays the employees for making my pizza. That is the type of wealth that creates jobs. And then there's the type of wealth that doesn't create jobs. Stock buybacks. Stock, stock buybacks. Real estate investment. Those aren't creating jobs. Those are creating more wealth. You know, I, I'm older than both of you, so I remember the Reagan economics <laughs> years. And uh, the concept of trickling down economics yes. is that now they call it job creation. Mm -hmm. But the concept was that, wow, if we cut taxes for the very wealthy, they will just share the wealth, kind of like Hello Dolly. It's like manure. But the reality is, oh, I started thinking about that. Even then, I thought, well, if I had an extra $100, I'd spend it on me. Yep. <laughs> so I'm getting an extra $100,000. They're spending it on them. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Voodoo economics. I believe Bush Sr. called yeah, it Yeah, George Bush Sr. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he was right. But yes, trickle down does so, not work. So the Build Back Better plan pays for itself. What do we get when we start collecting money from the people who owe us money? Oh, so much. And it actually personally affects us because we have a child that is under three right now. So if Build Back Better passes, they get universal child care. Now in Florida, we are lucky. We get pre-K at four. One this, year. One year. This starts it at three, yeah. which, you know, yay, because my kids didn't go because it's too expensive to send to three-year-old preschool. And there's so many benefits. It's not yes. only, okay, looking at it from the financial standpoint, it gives you the freedom to work. Yes. yes. But it also really helps prepare our students and our children mm -hmm. to be better wage earners down the road as well, because they're better prepared for school. You know, everybody says that American schools can be better. Well, I think adding another year of it for free is one of the ways to get yes. there. Well, yeah, and I am a stay-at-home mom, partially, actually majority, because pretty much any income that I would bring in would go directly to childcare. Right. So what's the point of me working when we're not going to see that benefit? Right. Yes, yes. The, the best political bills are ones that are long-term. You know, the short-term gains at the expense of long-term loss those are loser bills. They just help people get elected. They and do. So that's what people tend to right. vote on because they're nice. For example, Trump's <laughs> tax bill, mm -hmm. you know, made people think that they were getting this big break and they weren't looking down the road no. and the cost that it was going to have down the road. Well, even besides the preschool, they've calculated is it's going to save the average family half of their child care costs. That's yes. amazing. Yes. Yes. I mean, that is that is huge. Speaking of job creation, I mean, you know, it creates preschool teaching jobs. It frees up people to work instead of having to stay at home with childcare, which childcare has surpassed minimum wage. You yes. can no longer pay to have your child watched per hour at the rate that you would make if, you know, to, to yeah. work. Even with the expanded minimum wage. Yeah. You know, the part that excites me the most, though, is because, you know, everything Biden does, he has said from being elected, is going to come through climate. Yep. Planet. And I love the incentives for electric vehicles. I just love that so mm -hmm. much. The bill and the jobs that are compared with that because people are going to have to be building those charging stations and building those electric cars and the infrastructure. Yeah. And if you see what the major American car companies are actually doing is they're already I mean, that's switching. The bill. You're right. Yeah. They're already switching yeah. to electric. So that's just going to help. But yes, this is also $500 billion, I believe, for climate change. Yes, yes. 
So, I mean, a sizable amount of it is going towards uh, carbon offset tax credits, which should be incentivizing companies to be doing the right thing. Because, I mean, unfortunately, companies aren't going to do the right thing unless there is a financial incentive. As long as there is that fiduciary duty of, you know, to the shareholders, uh, we're never going to see real progress. So this is a way for companies to make the right decision that would be a little bit more expensive otherwise, you know, that they wouldn't be able to make and defend from their, you know, their shareholders. It's like, why aren't you making me money? Yeah. (laughs) Now, now, now we can do the right thing because it's cheaper. Right. Yes. And then also what we get is it's going to expand Medicaid. It's going to shrink the Medicaid to Medicare gap. It's going to give up to 4 million people coverage, which is great. And it should help Florida not taking that money. It should help those Floridians who were shafted by our governor, mm-hmm. Scott and DeSantis, by not taking that money from Obamacare. Yeah. DeSantis and Scott, Republican governors, getting out there early saying, we want our constituents to die. Yeah. Because without health care, people don't get preventative care. As DeSantis said, Florida is God's waiting room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I honestly don't think he realizes that he has any constituents that are on Medicare. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I think that expansion is a huge, it's just, you know, somebody was talking to me about healthcare and they said, they're, they're arguing that expanding Medicare won't work because it government provided healthcare doesn't work in other countries. And I said, you know what? We are the most creative, we, we built a system of government that didn't exist, right? right. Nowhere in the world does a system like what we have exist. Still doesn't. We don't have parliamentary, we, mm-hmm. we don't have any, any um, we don't have a parliamentary democracy. But we can simply take that same creativity and find a solution to healthcare. Oh, yeah. Don't you guys agree? Like we're but, the but, most creative yeah. country in the world. Unified healthcare is such a hard problem that 32 of the 33 top countries in this world have already figured it out. Well, but, and people push back on that though, because they do say, well, people people don't like it. Well, people don't like everything anywhere. Yeah. But the reality is it doesn't have to look like any of those 32. Right. And it doesn't have to look like what we have. It can be something completely different, but well, we get stuck on having to do that. Actually, we just get stuck on that conversation rather than having a new one. But also the end of Build Back Better is you've got cut taxes for 17 million low-wage workers by expending our income tax credit. I think the um, child tax credits become permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be nice. That would be very nice. I have enjoyed that lovely little I, mean, um, I know middle kick. class families will really benefit from that. Yeah. As much, probably more than almost anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been, it's just been wonderful for us. <laughs> yeah. Build back better. Unfortunately, it's got to go through the Senate. Yeah. The we'll House passed it. Mansion does not like the greenhouse or the greenhouse right. gas he's stuff. A, he's from where? West Virginia. Well, he's from uh, the coal mines. Right. Because I believe his father started some coal mines that he inherited and then passed on to his son. But even if he didn't have financial incentive for that, his state is, that is their jobs. And they have been told that these jobs will disappear. Now, if we went to the voters and explained the reality to them, that would be a whole different story. Right. Right. But the voters in his state have been told that this will get their jobs instead of saying- you know, you'll be able to find work creating our new green. And the reality is, there are no more dinosaurs dying. Coal, coal is dying. Coal is going to be gone anyway. Even if coal is dying, us, yeah. it's yeah. going to be gone. I haven't seen a dinosaur die lately. Yeah. So that's Mansion's issue. Cinema is the pharmaceuticals. We forgot to mention one of the best things of Build Back Better. $35 insulin a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. So And the ability to negotiate. Right. On- on a prescription drugs, and that's right? what cinema doesn't her pharmaceutical donors do not like oh. yes so that is her 
Yeah. So, I, I mean, cinema is kind of a sad story because... She uh, had so much promise. Well, so the problem was that the previous senator from Arizona, what was her... Oh, the one that Kelly beat. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. replaced. Yeah. McSally? Yes, I think so. McSally was not clinically diagnosed, but verifiably insane. (laughs) So the voters were looking at cinema as a more sane option. You know, it's it's like sometimes the devil you know isn't the better option. And so they were hoping for a brand new devil. Unfortunately, cinema has been repeatedly bought and sold by big pharma and other big corporate interest donors to vote more along the lines of kind of GOP type stuff as opposed to in ways that help her constituents. Yes. So there is there is a real sadness there. It really is. Because Arizona needs some help. Arizona. Yes. Arizona came out big in 2020 and they said we need change. We need life can get better if we exercise our, our, our voting rights and they, they came out in force. And unfortunately I feel like that all of these voters are going to get really uh, discouraged by, by the lack of progress. I agree. And Arizona gutting voting rights yet again. Yes. Because remember if everybody who could vote would, the GOP would never have a job again. Yes. Yes. Well that combined with redistricting is certainly setting them up for, from safety when they don't represent the voices of the people. Even here in Florida, where 68% of Brevard County voted to support uh, returning felons getting their voting yeah. rights back, and that has not happened. And that's just Brevard County. Of course, it was passed, unit, passed overwhelmingly statewide. Three things in the last few years that the state has completely... So they don't even have to make it harder to vote because they're just going to ignore your vote anyway, right? Right. right. There was uh, expansion of... Not expansion of Medicare. There was raising the minimum wage... Yes, but that's how um, Democrats have actually gotten things to, to happen. Like in Utah, they passed Medicare expansion in their um, in their elections, not by the the uh, House or Senate. Well, like I said, we we pass it and then it just gets ignored. Yes, so unfortunately, the will of the people is being ignored. That is a form of government known as an autocracy, where yes. the power is in the hands of the few instead of a democracy, which is demos people hands of the people. I think it's they managed to somehow twist it around and make it sound like Democrats want the government to own everything. And the reality is these people are literally as autocrats. Right. Yes. They're trying to literally run everything. Yes. They. Oh, it's the minimum wage, the loophole. Mm-hmm. The state senator, Jeff Brandes of Pinellas County, has filed a joint resolution to give a training wage of four twenty five an hour for up to six months, in spite of the fact that Florida voters want to expand minimum wage. So they don't really have to cheat in Florida. They can just ignore the way we vote anyway. Yes. Yes. Yes, and this actually could segue straight into the next topic, which is how on $4 an hour are you going to afford housing yes. in this market? It's a real f- fear. Actually, locally, 10 of our church communities have created a coalition to really work on some issues, and they voted on the issues, and they decided affordable housing is one that's most important to them. And the, there was a moratorium put on evictions through COVID and that's about to end. Yes. And people cannot, I mean, even before COVID rents were being tripled overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm terrified of what's going to happen to Brevard County voters or Brevard County citizens over the, the dissolution of that. Now I know our charter is under review right now. Every 10 years, just like redistricting our County charter is reviewed and it's 
15 citizens who are appointed by the county commissioner. I have no idea how that insane human Vic Luper got on that committee. Mm. But I know that at least one member of that committee is really taking his responsibilities seriously. And he is um, working on a proposal to create a trust fund locally, because we know the Sandusky Trust Fund gets raped by the state. But if we have one locally that we can do to provide some affordable housing, some bridge housing, and of course, in Melbourne, there they've done a lot down there in the city, in large part to due to city councilwoman Yvonne Minus. But there's some issues going on even down there. They're trying to move the daily bread out of where it serves the working poor and where the affordable housing is. It's always that NIMBY. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge issue, and I, I really, I, I, my heart hurts for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to see wave upon wave of evictions and homelessness. Yes. Yes. And in Melbourne, that's a pretty bad thing to be. Yes. <laughs> They've made it illegal for you to be handed a glass of water if you're if you're sitting on traffic. Yeah. It's illegal for me to hand you a bottle of water if you're sitting in traffic. I I don't I don't know what you know if I were if I ever went into government service, can't help but think it would be because I want to serve people. Yeah. And I and I want to I, I want to make the best of who we are. And I don't know how anybody can think that creating an entire homeless generation is doing any of that right that eviction moratorium has been i think the one thing keeping the economic impact of covid muted because i I mean unemployment benefits have ended the minimum wage isn't rising people aren't going back to work and like i i hate you know it's like i hate to be the bearer of bad news but it's really hard for homeless people to get a job in the first place so it's like you know, you can't really motivate people to work if they're kicked out of their houses. They're just motivated to not die at that point. I mean, you can't imagine the, the terror. I can't imagine not being able to lock a door, mm-hmm. right? You know, think of the, the smaller things. Um, just You just don't know. I imagine waking up with something on top of me or mm-hmm. running along. I just, the whole idea of being homeless is terrifying and it's happening to families yeah i i have a friend who is a teacher she's been a teacher for 12 years she lives outside of jacksonville she cannot afford rent for her her and her two daughters as a teacher as a teacher yeah her rent has been raised that much that she has to go out of county now so if it's more to come on this i think we're going to be hopefully seeing some solutions happening like i said this this church coalition um, and I'll give a shout out to the churches involved, Grace United Methodist, Greater Allen Chapel AME, Mount Moriah Missionary Baptist, Mount Olive AME, and Suntry United Methodist and Truth Revealed International Ministries are all working together um, to, to, to get ahead of this because they know they can't count on yeah. right. the county. Yeah, the county isn't going to help. I mean, I think it's been made perfectly clear that the state government isn't going to help, and the state government will do everything it can to interfere with federal attempts to help as well. <laughs> yes. Well, they've proven that. Mm-hmm. So that is that is beyond a safe assumption. I, I would say it's a safe bet. So where's our happy note? We have to end on a happy note. Oh, boy. I also saw that there was an organization... I, I, for the life of me, I cannot remember their name. They are hiring a full-time... Seven- a voter registration. Yes. Yes. It, um, it is People Power. It's Anna Ascomani's organization. Yes. Um, a full-time voter registration canvasser 
um, and, and organizer, and they will be paying, I think, $18 an hour. I think it was 17 17 okay. Yeah. And it's going to be... It's going to be hard work, yes. but not only is it going to be very well paid, but you're going to know you're making a difference mm-hmm. in, sh- in shrinking that Republican yeah. advantage here in yes. Brevard County. Yeah, they're looking for the position to be from now through essentially the end of the election. Right, so November of, 2022, yeah. Yeah, but so could be a stepping stone to a longer term career path, but it is also a way to be one of the biggest change agents in this county. Absolutely. Right yes. Yeah. Good. That was a good one. Yay. <laughs> Things you can do. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.